Thank you so much, Miss Martha, for uh, filling in for Nancy, who's recovering from eye surgery. And I heard that her surgery has gone very well, and she's recovering, and has, uh, her sight's uh, quite better than she had had before. Hadn't had a chance to talk to her, but I did hear that it has gone well, so we appreciate that. Mark chapter 10, verse 13. Mark chapter 10, verse 13, and we'll read through verse 16. This is the same event that we spoke of this morning. This morning we looked, of course, at Matthew's uh, record of it. We want to look at Mark's record of it. Uh, it is somewhat different, and the statements Jesus made is somewhat different, so we want to zero in on perhaps a couple of the differences there. In Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 13, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Let's pray together, please. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for the clarity of your word. And as we look at some of these passages, make them even more clear to us and apply these truths to our lives. And Father, we ask that we would leave here stronger than when we walked in because of your word being ministered to us. So we ask for you to take full control. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to echo what uh, I mentioned William Barclay said if I look at verse 16. And he took them up in his arms and laid his hands on them and blessed them. Of all the portraits of Jesus Christ in the scriptures, this has to be one of the loveliest pictures that we could imagine. Jesus taking little children up in his arms and blessing them. I don't know how many there were. But I do know this, however many they were, he took every one of them up in his arms, didn't he? I do know that much, uh, knowing the heart of Jesus Christ. He didn't want anybody left out. The disciples, and they were well-meaning because they had seen that Jesus was going to the cross. Jesus had a lot on his mind. They rebuked him, but they just didn't understand the heart of Christ. They rebuked those children, and he said, let them come to me. And then he makes a pointed statement. And, of course, this statement is not in Matthew's record, but it is in Mark's record. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter into it. Now, what did he mean by this? I know what it did not mean. It was not restricting the age at which one could be saved. You know, someone could look there and say, whoever does not receive the, the kingdom of God as a little child or while they are a little child. That's not what he meant. He meant in a childlike way. Because we know that later on, as he was even on a cross, a full-grown man said, remember me when you come into the kingdom. And he found the kingdom of God. He was a full-grown man. There is no restriction. And even the history of our church shows that there's no one that's unreachable, however old they may be, and God can reach people even in the closing years of their life and turn people around. He can do that. 
So what did he mean if he didn't mean that you have to be saved when you're a little child? He said, be saved or enter into the kingdom of God as a child or like a child. When it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes, of course, to salvation, the, the childlikeness that God is looking for is children are totally trusting of their parents. Now, Jesus Christ spoke to that culture, the Jewish culture, and he would speak to our culture. And we know, of course, that in any culture there are abnormalities, but there are very few. He spoke of our general, common, overwhelming, traditional family that children are trusting of their parents. They don't have any doubt and anxiety about meals. They don't have any doubt and anxiety about shelter. They just know that it's there. They don't have any doubt and anxiety about care. Children are totally trusting of their parents. They don't even second guess all of this. They just receive the blessing. And, you know, children receive the blessing. They receive the care. They receive the structure and the comfort and, and the, the optimism that comes by someone else taking care of them. They don't second guess that. They just receive that. That's the way salvation is. We come to Jesus Christ totally dependent on him for salvation. There's nothing that our children could have done when they were children to to pay the rent or to work off the meals. There's nothing they could have done. All they could do is receive what was given to them by parents. That's the way it is with Jesus Christ and salvation. Kids just receive it knowing it's coming. That's how it is with salvation. To trust Jesus Christ enough to not try to second guess it and, and earn it and somehow try to figure it out. Just to receive it and just to accept it and just to enjoy it. That's what Jesus said. When Jesus tried to find one picture of God so that people could understand God's holiness and his love and his care. He's beyond our understanding, but Jesus said, let me put it in a picture you could understand. He calls him our heavenly father. And of course, if he calls him heavenly father, our heavenly father, what does that make us? Children. Accept that relationship. Children with the father. And he goes on and describes this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 32, when he's talking about people worrying about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to wear, where they're going to live. He says this, your heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. And if we are going to enter into the kingdom of God at all, when it comes to salvation, he said, that's the only way to enter it, with just totally trusting on Jesus Christ, uh, my uh, old pastor, Brother Marion Grubbs, I remember when he was preaching, there would be a lot of times he would go winding down to the invitation, and he would be trying to explain exactly what I just told you, and he would quote 
the words of the old hymn, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. That's what Jesus meant. That's the faith. But we go a little bit further. As we accept the kingdom of God, there's another aspect that God looks for in our lives. There's another aspect that we should be doing, but a lot of times we drop it. We, we accept salvation. We enjoy the blessing, and, and we've got that down. But children are busy learning. Especially small children, they're busy learning about the world around them. It is their nature. It's their career. They are listening. And if you don't think they're listening when it comes to a little toddler, say the wrong thing. And you'll know they're listening because they'll repeat the wrong thing if you say the wrong thing. They are busy listening more than you think they are. In our own experience, I've, I've mentioned this before, and many of you who were here that Sunday that it happened, uh, the water program had just gotten started, and a lot of the kids who are teenagers now were very small children there. And I was preaching away and preaching away, and I happened to bring up one of the salvation scriptures from Romans. I'm not sure which one it was. It was one of the salvation scriptures. And right over here, Aiden popped up and said, hey, that's one of my Awana scriptures. Now, I found out from you folks down there, he was busy coloring, he was doodling on notepads. You wouldn't have thought he was listening at all. But when he heard that, dropped the color and popped up because he was listening to what was going on. And kids will listen to things that are going on. A woman was trying to explain to her little daughter about the rainbow and she was talking about the rainbow that they had seen that afternoon it was a Sunday afternoon it had come a shower and they were looking at that rainbow and it was brilliant all the beautiful colors and she said and honey look at the pretty rainbow and the, God put that rainbow together and look at the stars in the sky and God put all that together and she said yeah mama and you know what's so great God put it all together with just his left hand and she said what? Yeah, he did it all with just his left hand. She said, well, why won't you think that God would use both hands? Earlier that day, the pastor had read this passage of Scripture. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So <laughs> Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God. He only has the left hand to build the world with. They're listening. Youngster had heard, of course, his preacher preach about the love of God, and they, they had an exercise in their class. Why don't you write God a letter? He said, Dear God, I bet it's hard to love everybody. There's only four in my family. I can't do it. <laughs> Another young man said this, Dear God, Cain and Abel probably would have gotten along better if they each had their own room, it works with me and my brother. <laughs> you see, kids listen. We should be listening, shouldn't we? Kids are constantly learning. They're soaking it up like sponges. In the book of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Now, where do we get that knowledge? We've got to listen. We've got to learn. 
the last verse in this passage is this, in this uh, book. Chapter 3, verse 18, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we enter into the kingdom of heaven, yes, we enter in by total childlike trust. But when we get into the kingdom, let's not, let's not lose that childlike nature of constantly learning and constantly paying attention and being alert to the new thing. Children, as they learn, and this is the last point, will challenge empty tradition with one question. You ready? Why? Now, sometimes we get a little bit irritated when the kid just keeps asking, well, why? Well, why? When it comes to what we do, and they ask what we do, and why we do things a certain way. It may have to do with church. It may have to do with Sunday school. Well, why? Well, th that's just the way we do it. Well, why? Because that's the right way to do it. Well, why? Because that's the way we always do it. Well, they ask why long enough, and maybe we can start asking why. There's nothing wrong with tradition. There's nothing wrong with structure. But, you know, they challenge that in saying, well, there could be other ways of reaching the lost. There should, could be other ways of taking care of the master's business. And let us not rule these out just simply because they don't fit in our box because a child will say, well, why? Or maybe, even better, why not? Why not? And you see, a childlike fascination with learning will ask these questions. So as we go through life, and we've kind of put a box around our experience and what God's going to do and what God's not going to do, let's ask the question, well, why? Why not? Let us always make sure to realize God doesn't fit in our box no matter how it is, will he? God is God. And yes, we have our structure, we have our traditions, we have our ways of doing things, but a lot of times that's just our habit of doing things. And we ask ourselves, why? Or why not? And we're challenged, perhaps, even in our personal lives, to do some things differently, not because they're different, but maybe they might be more effective as we learn to walk with the Lord in a childlike fascination of learning and always asking that question, why? Or why not? Why not? Can't we be better and do better and do more? Why do we have to accept this is all that will be or all that we'll do for the Lord? Why? Why not? It's a, it's a, it's a, a very common question among youngsters, and maybe it could be more common among us. Jesus said, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall by no means enter into it. And when he said that, that tells us that Jesus Christ had a heart for the way children think and the way children learn and the way children trust. And he said, let's be that way when it comes to serving the Lord. Is there anything before we close?